Welcome to the Can You Relate podcast, where our goal is to show you that you're not alone in your pain and struggles, and that God can redeem any situation in your life. Join us, your hosts, Amy and Mallory, as we discuss tough topics many of us deal with and talk with other women about their stories of redemption. Can you relate? Welcome, everyone, to Can You Relate? I'm Amy. And I'm Mallory. And we are excited to be here today to talk about friendship. And um, I am I am very excited to be talking about this because I think it can be hard as women to find solid friends that we can trust with our hearts. But, you know, on the flip side, it can also be really hard to navigate the journey of losing a friendship. And we all have had people come in and out of our lives and um, I think, you know, we can all attest to the fact that relationships in general are tough uh, because we're sinful people and we hurt one another. And, you know, we know that there are sometimes that there are seasons of friendships where God will bring people in and out of our lives. And th- the purposes for those relationships are sometimes clear and other times they're not. But I think that we can confidently say that God can bring good out of any difficult situation and that he can use those difficulties to teach us and refine us to be more like him. So I'm so excited to introduce our next guest, Yimi Awujula. I actually have not known Yimi very long. Um, Our paths crossed recently at work. She and I were both assigned to a project and uh, shortly after being introduced, I discovered that she was a Christian author. And so I reached out to her and I ordered her book and we started having conversations about our lives and our faith. And Yimi wrote a book called The Waiting Game and it is available on Amazon. And uh, in it, she shares her life story and her journey of waiting for her God-ordained husband. And she shares her ups and downs during this process as well as how God used that time to strengthen her relationship with him. Um, So when Yimi and I had our first conversation, I had told her about this podcast and she was so excited to hear about it. And um, I remember shortly after we had touched base and she had told me that she had listened to many of the the episodes and um, that was really exciting for Mallory and I to hear. And then shortly after Christmas, uh, Amy and I connected and she had mentioned that she had a story to share on our podcast about a topic that we hadn't previously discussed, which again is friendship and it's grieving the loss of a very close friendship. And so uh, Amy is married and she has a young daughter and lives in Minneapolis. So welcome, Amy. Thank you so much, Amy and Mallory. I'm so honored, so humbled and so thankful to be with you ladies and to share today. Yes. Yeah, thank you so much for being on. Well, let's just kind of go ahead and get started. Um, Can you just tell us a little bit about maybe your background and um, a little bit about your book, and then you can kind of jump into that story that you have to share with us today. For sure. So um, Amy kind of nailed it. Well, as you know, my name is Gimmy. Um, I first of all identify as a child of God, a lover and a follower of Christ. Um, As she's mentioned, I'm married to the most amazing husband in the whole world. I have a beautiful 15-month-old daughter um, and also by God's grace now an author. And um, 
the waiting game is a self-published book. It's my first one. And it um, just shares my story and my journey up until marriage. It's a book that is purpose to just encourage anyone and everyone just waiting on God for one thing or the other. I mean, we're all always waiting. And um, the prayer is that my book and my story would encourage anyone through their waiting phase and just help them align their desires and their plans with God's plan. And eventually there's always a beautiful testimony. And um, I, I pray that the book encourages anyone who reads it. Like Amy said, it's on Amazon. And I'm more than happy to give out free copies of the book. So if anyone would like a free copy, it's the joy that I give it away. So um, to jump right into the story of the day, um, the birth and the launch of The Waiting Game actually leads me to, to some of the things I'll be sharing, which is um, loss of friendship. Or I, I shouldn't say loss, um, you know, the change in trajectory of really close friendships. You know, God knows the end from the beginning and I don't know what he has planned for these friendships in the future. But, um, so I would kind of veer from saying lost. Right. Um, <laughs> so um, when the waiting game launched last July, um, actually I'll backtrack a little bit. So. In the waiting game, I shared a lot of things. If there is anything you want to know about me prior to marriage, um, the the story is probably in the book. Um, it's a memoir, and it's the most vulnerable I've ever been in my life. And you know, in vulnerable, being vulnerable, you share a lot of things. And in one of the chapters of the book, I had shared an encounter I had with two very close friends. Um, it was a situation um, around when I got engaged and, you know, how I felt it was received and, you know, kind of how we walked through that situation and, you know, the lessons I drew out of it. And, you know, I also kind of drew on some scriptures to portray some of the things I, um, I had shared in that chapter and kind of left it at that. But to my biggest surprise, the story I shared was not well received by my friends. Mm -hmm. um, starting off with the fact that um, I made the biggest error of not letting them know that I was going to be sharing that story. Mm -hmm. um, how did I realize that it wasn't well received? Um, to this day, one of them has actually never spoken to me about it. Um, and the other friend, I'll call her Betty because I um, swapped out their names in the book and I called one Sarah and the other Betty. Um, <laughs> Sarah, we, since the incident I shared in the book, our friendship never really went back to what it used to be. Um, she's someone that prior to that incident, we were very close, you know, we shared a lot of things together. We, she was actually the first friend I made when I relocated back to the US. So it's been a few years, we've been, not a few years, a lot of years we've been friends. And after that um, situation, we remained cordial. You know, we still hung out socially. We would check in on each other and, you know, talk as needed, but we didn't have the depth of intimacy or friendship that we once had. 
And that was really hard for me. It was really painful, but I was able to get to a place of, you know, not fighting for the friendship anymore and just making the best of what we had left. And sure. on the other hand, Betty and I had remained close, but because Betty was kind of the middle person between both of us, it still put me in a weird position where trust was difficult for me because I'm not as close with Sarah anymore, but Betty's still very close with her and still very close with me. So I was really mm-hmm. guarded and I shared that in the book. Um, and so that aside, in June, I realized that I was texting Betty and calling her, but I wasn't getting any response and it wasn't like her. Um, and that period in June last year, for me, it was just really busy. My brother was getting married in a few weeks. I was getting ready for the book launch in July. I just kicked up a little, a small business. My baby was only about seven, eight months old. So I had my hands pretty full. So I didn't make much of her not responding to me. But after a while, you know, I would text her again and still no response. I'm like, okay, she must be really busy. It's unlike her not to respond. Even if it was late, she always would respond. Um, and a day became two, two became three. It was radio silent. Um, so I decided to reach out to her sister who lives with her. And her sister wasn't picking my calls either, <laughs> but eventually texted me and it was just an unusual response, like, oh, we're fine, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is someone that I'd also going to be friends with. So that response was for me unusual, right? Right. Um so that happened and I, I told my husband, I'm like, it's really weird. I'm not hearing from Betty. I've reached out a couple of times. She's not responding. I was like, oh, you know, she's probably busy. It's fine. And um, after a while, I decided to follow up again. You know, since I wasn't hearing anything, I followed up again. And this time around, her sister had given me a response that was to put simply just very unusual and it wasn't very nice. So I'm like, okay, I think I need to maybe pay them a visit because at this time I hadn't realized that they had read my book and read the chapter and were upset about that. Mm. I had no idea, you know? So I called my husband and told him I was, you know, on my way from my sister's bridal, my sister-in-law's bridal shower, but I'll be stopping over at their house. And he just told me that whatever the case, whatever the situation, just be calm, do what Christ would do. And he stayed with me on the phone till I got there and he just prayed over me. Mm-hmm. And I went in and I pressed the bell and Betty's sister got the door. Again, wasn't very pleasant to me like she normally would be. But then I saw Betty sitting in the couch and I'm like, hi, I've been calling and texting. You've not been responding, what's going on? And she's like, yeah, I've been ignoring you. And I just kind of chuckled like, okay, are we in grade school? What do you mean you're ignoring me? And she's like, yeah, you know, I'm just giving you space. And I'm like, I never asked for space. Like if something is going on, just we can talk about it. We're adults. And she maintained that nothing was wrong. She's fine. She just wanted to be left alone. So to mm-hmm. cut the long story short, I left and um, didn't quite figure out what was going on and that just weighed so heavy on my heart I didn't even have any sleep that night because I was like what this is unusual this is a friendship of 
over 10 years and something like this has never happened. But, you know, I just was thinking about it and I'm like, you know, I left there just telling her whatever the situation is. I pray the Lord, you know, helps her resolve because this was really, really weird for me. And um, life went on, you know, I would think about it, but, you know, like I said, I was really busy. So, um, and another conversation with another friend of mine, that's actually my sister's husband, he had just read my book and he was going on and on about it, giving me his thoughts and his feedback and just teasing me, you know, because he had found out like, oh, I didn't pass chemistry when I was in school. And, and he's <laughs> like, oh, I read about you and your friends. So you got in a fight with your friends, wait till they um, get you, you know, just kind of making jokes and banter. Yeah. And that was when clicked, like, oh my God, like they probably read the chapter and they're upset about it. And, you know, like that was when the light bulb just went off. Mm. And I, you know, told my husband about it. And he's like, you know, just give it time. They'll come around if they're upset, you know, it's fine. They would come around and you guys can talk about it and get over it. And um, one day became two, two became three and nothing. I didn't hear from them. And the wedding came and passed and the day of my book launch came and it was a huge success. It was more than I even had prayed for. And later that day after the book launch, my other close friends, you know, Mimi is kind of like a sister to me and another very close friend of mine did help me through the planning process of the book launch. And they were like, where is Betty, where is Sarah? Um, it's unusual that they're not here. And I'm like, you know, this is the deal. I've been trying to reach out to them and um, it's just been radio silence. And they're like, that's unusual. And I'm like, yeah, they probably read the book and, you know, they're probably upset. And they were like, you know what, Yumi, don't worry about it. Today was great. Just focus on the feedback that you received. Focus on the reviews that you've gotten. I mean, look at what God has done through this book. Just let's enjoy the moment. And I'm like, okay, but deep down, I was so broken because mm. while I was planning the book launch initially, probably before they read the book, like, you know, I was sharing about it with them. And, you know, I actually asked Betty that she could do a reading at the launch. So it wasn't, it was really hard for me that they weren't there to be a part of it. But, you know, I tried to stay encouraged. And, you know, I'd gone to another graduation event that day and I ran into Sarah. I didn't say anything to her because I didn't even know what to say. Mm. Um, she hadn't said anything to me. I wasn't aware she was upset or not. Um, she and I don't talk often. So it, it was kind of difficult for me to, you know, discern whether, you know, she was upset or anything, but she didn't speak to me and I didn't speak to her. And before, I left that event, I got a call from another older, like auntie or friend of that knew us all. And she just like went on like, Yimi, what's going on? What's going on with you and your friends? I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, what did you write in your book? I'm like, what do you mean? What did I write? She's like, your friends are very upset with you. They're very hurt, you know? And she just went on a spiel. And then I realized that both Sarah and Betty had obviously had conversations about this book or this chapter and they were very upset and a lot of things that I had shared had clearly been misconstrued 
-hmm. and misunderstood. You know, they had told this person that, um, you know, fine, everything Amy said was true, but we thought it was over and we put it behind us. And why is she writing about this? And, you know, like when her husband allowed her to write this, you know, it was just a lot of stuff. And I just got fooled with anger. You know, I was so upset, like, why are they telling you? Why aren't they calling me? You know what? I don't even want to hear about it. And I left that event and I got home again, went to my husband and he he just was the 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 calm to my storm mm. was like calm down it's okay and i just started to bawl you know i'm like why is it that every time something good happens to me these same girls just find a way of just not allowing me enjoy it and you know i'm always sad that's the same thing that happened in the situation i shared in the book and now it's all over again when i do something great it seems like mm. the enemy just uses them to get to me and he's like, no, that's not what it is. It's you have the power and you have the control to, you know, control your emotions and just, I mean, go read the testimonials and he pulled things up for me to read. Like people have great reviews about this book. If two people don't like a chapter of it, that's okay. Think of, you know, all the people that have been blessed and are going to be blessed by it. Think about your purpose. Think about all these things. And even though he was saying those things to me, it felt like it was going in one ear mm. and coming out the other because I couldn't stop replaying things that they probably, again, here I was making assumptions in my head of what they probably could have said about me, what they probably think of me. If only they would give me a chance to explain why aren't they giving me a chance? Why are they telling everybody but me? And that just went on for a while. And, um, about a week later, I decided to call Betty's mom because I have a good relationship with her. And again, it was just the same thing the other person had told me. So Betty's mom already knew everything that was going on. Your friends are hurt. They said, you guys put the situation behind you and you still wrote it in your book. And I'm like, ma, I'm only like sharing my story. It's not about them. I even changed their names, you know, and I tried to explain that this is, it's not about them, it's about me. You know, I shared stories about my parents and my life and things that I encountered. So she said, yeah, you know, it's just a situation of immaturity. Um, why don't you call the person that they first told, the auntie that called you and have her mediate between you we that she's not in town, so she can't mediate, but I should have that lady mediate and we should be able to talk about it and move on. So I called her and tried to see if she could reach out to Sarah and Betty and maybe to have a conversation. And they had told her no, that they weren't interested in having a conversation mm -hmm. about it. And when she told me, I was like, yeah, fine. I don't even want to talk about it as well. And of course, that was me lying to myself, <laughs> you know, trying to, to play talk. And I hung up the call and, you know, I think, Things just went downhill from there for me, where I couldn't get the situation off my mind. And I was thinking about it every day, almost getting to a point of being depressed. Mm. And, um, you know, I would share with my clothes. I, I didn't even, you know, I, I would just like share with my husband or one of my close friends 
and you know she would just listen to me and she had actually gone behind my back to call Betty to see if Betty would you know be open to a conversation with me and Betty told her no that she wasn't interested mm-hmm. you know and after a while I just made a decision not to talk to anybody about it anymore but my oh. husband and my husband then gave me an ultimatum like no we're not talking about this anymore can't let them re- live rent free in your heart and in our home no you have to change your focus and i keep telling him okay but guys this thing just wasn't going away <laughs> okay so your your husband is saying all right enough we're not going to talk about this anymore it's time to move on and so what what happens there how do you how are you feeling what are you thinking what is it that you that you do at that point so when he says that, I, I also agree with him, like, fine, it's not, you know, they're probably, like, not thinking about me. They're probably living their lives. You know, why do they have to, to live in my head and in my mind? And I also made a decision that I wasn't going to think or talk about it anymore. And honestly, I just started to pray a lot. And I was you know, just praying that, God, I don't want to think about this thing anymore. Like, you've given me a story. You've given me this testimony. And you asked me to share this story. You know, I don't want it to cause me pain. I don't want it to cause me sorrow. And I just, like, started to pray about it and ask God for peace in my heart. And it went on and on. Days went to weeks, you know, and to be honest, I was praying, but I didn't feel like I was getting any results. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was forced <laughs> to go back to this husband of mine because I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm still feeling this way, you know. And I'd run into Betty actually at church one time, and I just went up to her like, you know, please give me a chance, please, you know, let's just talk about it. And she said no. You know, just okay. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. She said that she's done with it, so it's okay. You know, and that just kind of broke my heart again. You know, like what I, I didn't know what else to do. I couldn't even tell, even though you know this auntie they told had shared stories with me. Her mom had shared stories with me. I hadn't gotten a chance to actually hear from them to understand what it is precisely that hurt them. And I just felt like a conversation would do that. But I wasn't given that chance, you know, mm-hmm. and I just would continue to pray. And I started like just listening to different podcasts. And it was so weird because as I went through the situation, it seemed like everywhere I turned, there was like a word for me. Mm-hmm. I had just gone onto my faith radio for something else. And I came across this, um, podcast that Susie Larson had done and pretty much felt like she was telling my story (laughs) it seemed like everything that was happening to me you know was being told and I'm like oh my god okay um I didn't know this thing about friendship heartbreak sort of thing but you know here I am here and so the Lord decided to reveal things to me and you know every time I would talk to my husband about how hurt I was or how like, I can't stop thinking about it every single day and I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling like I want to talk to a therapist because a month had become two, two had become three. 
and he just sat me down and he said to me, he's okay with me talking to a therapist. I just need to make sure that he was a Christian therapist. But before I do that, I really need to go to God mm-hmm. and ask God what lesson he wanted to teach me through this situation. And then he asked me, he's like, what value do you think you brought to this friend? Because if you ha- if there was a true value you brought to them, perhaps they won't be able to let go of you so easily without an explanation. Um, he's like, take time and think about the root cause of whatever issues you may have had with them. And you know, he just gave me so many tips and advice and questions. Like, did you write this from a place of hurt? What is God showing you? And that for me was just the beginning of my my acceptance and my healing journey. So I decided to go on a seven-day fast, uh, a food fast, and was just praying. And one of the first things the Holy Spirit brought to my heart was that I'd been praying the wrong prayers. I'd been praying selfish prayers. I wanted peace. I wasn't acknowledging that I probably really did hurt this these ladies by what I shared, even though it wasn't my intention, but they were hurt. And um, I needed to acknowledge that. And also I needed to think deeply about um, all of the situation that we had. And the Lord brought it to my heart that a lot of it stemmed from gossip. From he say, she say, you know, like one of them would have told somebody else something and that person would come back to tell me and, you know, I would still feel like I'm righteous. Well, well, I didn't see anything, you know, I didn't ask for it. They came to tell me, you know, but just engaging in that gossip and it would somehow reflect in my behavior towards them. And when I thought about like the kind of conversations we even had, you know, were they really like godly? You know, what was the basis and the foundation of our friendship and our relationships? And I started to think a lot about all these things. Like it brought me to a place of repentance where I had to ask God for mercy and ask God for forgiveness because I started to see the flaws in myself. I started to see my own flaws because was I truly forgiven when I say to them that, you know, when I said that I've forgiven, did I truly forgive? You know, when I shared my story, did I share it from a place of hurt? Mm. And God was just revealing so many things to me. Um, I had listened to this message by Chip Ingram. It was um, five lies that ruined relationships. And one of it was why we wound others with our words. And I'd listened to that message before this incident, but it seemed like it didn't really resonate with me. But because I was going through this situation, like everything came back to me and I had to listen to that message again. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so guilty. I've been a hypocrite. Even though I knew God's word, there were many times I truly wasn't acting on God's word. Um, I I was really disappointed in myself. And even though I was really hard on myself, um, 
I knew that God loved me and he wanted to get my attention. Hmm. And that's why I was going through everything that I was going through. He didn't want to cause me pain through this book or this story. It was a testimony. He gave me the go ahead. He gave, he gave me the direction to write it. And even though I had so many questions like, Lord, if this thing was going to be so problematic, why did you make me share this story? I mean, we went through edits. You know, I shared it with my editor and, you know, other better readers. Nobody saw a problem with this. Why didn't you let me, you know, just see that there was an issue? Why didn't it even occur to me to share with them? You know, with Betty, I had shared like personal stuff about her life and I got her permission. But this particular story, Lord, why didn't you um, reveal it to me? And the answer was, again, if I didn't go through this, I wouldn't learn the lessons that I'm learning mm -hmm. now. Um, we would have remained friends. There would have been a lot of, the gossip probably would have continued. There'll be a lot of fake, fakeness, for lack of a better word. And I would still be feeling justified as a Christian. Um, you know, after my book launch, I had just great opportunities to mentor, you know, young unmarried girls. And, you know, like I was asked to teach a lead a 13 week course. And I'm like, if I'm, God just, continue to reveal to me that if I'm leading these women, I need to be in right standing. I need to, to really understand the word and truly live it out so that I'm not a hypocrite. If I say that I want to help people foster godly Christian relationships and marriages, it needs to start with me. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's teaching me this lesson. And from then on, I made a commitment that I would have nothing to do with unrighteousness, that I would have nothing to do with anything that is not of God. And moving forward, I would endeavor to live like Christ and love like Christ. Because a lot of times when my husband will ask me questions, he would be like, I know you say that you loved your friends, but do you did you love them like Christ would? You know, and when I truly read more up in the Bible about love. I thought I loved them, but not like Christ. Did I keep records of their sins? Yes, I did. You know, did I listen to things that are not so positive about them? Yes, I did. Did I truly forgive them when I say I did? Perhaps I didn't. You know, and I just realized so many things and I started to ask God for mercy and I, I just wanted to do better. And as I made this commitment to seek after righteousness, I'm like, I'm seeking after the kingdom of God. And that's going to be my blueprint. And I started to evaluate my community and the people that we were surrounded by. And I'm like, I can see why our friendship could just break up and we couldn't even have one solid person that could, you know, mediate or help us get back together. I started to God, I want a godly community. I want godly friendships. I want iron to sharpen iron. And that had been my prayer. And, you know, my, my husband would just continue to coach me and we would listen to messages. And finally, the, the, 
the straw that broke the camel's back was a message that we listened to about taking back our thoughts. And in that message, I realized that although God was teaching me a lesson, the enemy had a part to play too. I had acknowledged my wrong. I had seen my faults and I had made a commitment and determination to, to change and to start leaving out the scripture and, you know, do away with pride and not keep records of sin and all that stuff. But the enemy didn't want me to enjoy the liberty that I found in Christ. And that's why those scenarios were staying in my head. And after we listened to that message, my husband and I, we just started to pray and we decreed that I take back my thoughts in the name of Jesus. And, you know, anytime any negative thoughts about my friends come to mind, I take back my thoughts. They will not leave rent free in my heart in the name of Jesus. I have forgiven them and I pray that the Lord will heal them of every hurt that I may have caused them. And, you know, I just surrendered to, to his will and his plan for that friendship. If there were ever a time that he decides that, you know, we would reconcile, if it be his will, I'll be open to it. Now that I better understand forgiveness, I've made a determination to be unoffendable, hmm. to forgive 70 times, 70 times, 70 times, 70 times, because Christ forgave me when I was unrighteous. Um, I'm learning now to love unconditionally and to just be more empathetic of other people and to really just love them like Christ Christ did. Like now I, I pray nobody intentionally or you know comes to offend me, but I made a commitment that I will be unoffendable. And even if the enemy tries to steer me in one direction or the other. I choose to stand firm in God's word and his plan and his promise for my life. And I've been praying about it and you know, I've been tempted, but you know, all of these things have just helped me to remember the, the commitment I made to God. And so far, it's been it's been a great journey. Um, you know, learning to bear the fruits of the spirit, to be patient, to be kind to be able to suffer long and to just love like, like Christ would. And I know that I'm still growing and I'm still learning, but this situation that the enemy meant for evil, God has turned it around for my good. He has used it to, to grab my attention. And by his grace, I'm not doing friendships by the playbook of the world anymore. I'm doing it by the direction of the Holy Spirit. I'm doing it by, by his word because we can't do friendships using the playbook of the world. And I just need to continue to commune with the Holy Spirit, spend time in his word and, and make him proud in everything that I do. I think that's really great that um, you shared specifically, you know, how it was consuming your mind and you were praying and that the Holy Spirit revealed to you that maybe you were praying the wrong prayers and then you kind of reflected and, and turned the prayers into, you know, show me the ways that, you know, I have maybe played a part in this. And that's a really, really hard thing to do. Um, so I'm, I'm thankful for two things. One, that you, you know, that he helped you recognize that and that you turned to that and that he, um, 
just gave you peace and, and understanding and all this learning um, and sanctification that you're going through. I think that's amazing. But two, just um, the fact that when God does correct us in things, um, I'm sure this is your experience, he just does it in such a loving way, um, even though it might feel kind of yucky for you to think about the things that you have may, may have contributed. I know um, without a doubt that he showed you in loving ways. And I just, I think that's amazing. And, and I think that a lot of us can take that into a lot of the conflicts we have and um, look, look inward and ask God, what was our role in it? I think that's a, a wonderful piece that you shared and so key to the turnaround that you had. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's just so mind-blowing. Um, ladies, as I went through this journey, I'll be honest with you, there were times that it felt so lonely. Mm-hmm. You know, as I shared when I told the story, like my husband was who I would, I would go to all the time and there were times I wanted to give him a break and I just felt like with this realization and determination to, to just live righteous, I felt like... I lost not just these two ladies, but you know, also a lot of other people that we were surrounded by. When I think about the conversations that we had, I didn't even want to be on the phone with them anymore because I didn't want the, some of the things that really kept us together was gossip. Mm-hmm. So there was nothing to talk about when I made the decision not to engage in such anymore. So it really was a lonely path. But the lesson that I learned was if I was so distracted, then I wouldn't be able to hear, you know, mm-hmm. when God is speaking to me and when God is teaching me these things. And I I just took that as, you know, part of my lessons too. And, you know, started evaluating everything, my conversations against God's word. And really, the, another big thing was just understanding the need for community. And now, again, having that godly godly community and something really funny that happened was after I began to heal you know I went through my grieving process and you know getting to that place of acceptance I ran into Betty again at church and I prayed like Lord you know you've taught me all these lessons now I'm not even going to defend myself um now you've taught me all these lessons. Thank God she, they didn't even agree to speak with me initially because I hadn't learned the lesson. Mm. And had they have spoken to me initially, perhaps I would have still handled it like those in the world. Mm-hmm. I would have still handled it from, uh, from a place of my flesh and not from the direction of leading, leading of the spirit. But at this time, I'd felt you know, more equipped to have a conversation with her. So I approached her again and I just gave her a big hug. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't even, like, just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, can we please talk? And she maintained <laughs> that um, she's over it. There's nothing to talk about. Hmm. And so I just started to dig in, you know, and she started to pour out bits and pieces. You know, like we had talked about this. Why did you, why didn't you show me? And I'm like, I take full responsibility. 
I should have shown you. It didn't occur to me and I'm sorry. And I went on my knees and she's like, no, you're manipulating me. And I jumped right up like, oh my God, I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm just so sorry. I don't know what else to do. You know, and things just went on. It was just like everything I said, like, it just wasn't received well. And um, in the face of my flesh, I know that I would have gotten defensive or gotten upset or gotten angry, but the Lord helped me to keep my cool. And, you know, after we went back and forth, like I couldn't get anything through. So I was just like, you know what? I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, that's all I can say. And she's like, yeah, sorry for whatever too. You know, that's how you Christians um, say whatever you want to say. But I, up with the scripture to manipulate people mm. and I just like I was weak to my feet and you know she just left the room and I left too I went into my car my husband and my baby were waiting for me that day and I couldn't even get the words out I just cried I cried the entire ride home and I was inconsolable my husband tried to get me out of I'm like just leave me and I just sat in the car and just cried it all out and cried and I told God I'm like Lord this is the last tear I will shed over this situation mm. because I have tried it hurts and I know I'm not a manipulator that's not who you say I am I am chosen I am loved I'm forgiven I'm your masterpiece I'm I heir to your throne, to your kingdom. I'm not a manipulator. You know, I, it was so bad. I had to Google what does manipulator mean because <laughs> it was just like, oh my God. You know? <laughs> and I just said, no, like, Lord, I've obeyed you. Like, I did what you asked me to do. And I, I just rest my case. And I thought God was done with me, you know, on that matter. Nope. A couple of weeks later, he led me again. As I listened to a message, you know, God just told me, write her a note and explain yourself. Write a note, send it to her. Ask her to forgive you. Highlight where you were wrong so that she knows that you're taking responsibility and ask for forgiveness. And I did that. And for the first time, I got a text back from her. And she responded that um, she's not angry. She was just hurt. And I replied that, I'm sorry. And since then, whenever she sees me, we're cordial. She says hello to me. I say hello to her. And we keep it moving. We've not had any conversation since that letter. It's just been high and by. You know, when the Lord says, say Merry Christmas, I say Merry Christmas. When the Lord says, do something, I just do it. And that's been it with Betty. And with Sarah, till this day, we haven't had a conversation. Our paths crossed once. She said hello to me. I said hello to her. And that was it. Then I realized that she had even blocked me from all so social media. She had blocked my number. She had blocked me. So I don't even have any means of reaching out to her and God hasn't really given me any direction with Sarah. But the one thing I've continued to do is just pray for them when they come to my mind, instead of me letting them leave rent free 
or me like dissecting the issue. I'm just saying a prayer. Mm -hmm. I'm just taking them, taking the situation to God and just thanking him for letting me go through the situation because if he didn't, I wouldn't have a new perspective that I have today. I wouldn't have the knowledge about developing godly relationships. I wouldn't know that I need to practice what I preach. I wouldn't acknowledge my pride and my unforgiveness and my slander and my gossip. I wouldn't even have met you, Amy, or met you, Mallory, if I didn't go through this situation. If I didn't tell that story, I wouldn't be here today sharing what I'm sharing. So God had a purpose. He wanted to get my attention and he did. And I'm thankful that I went through that painful journey because I love where I am now. I love the relationships that God is forming moving forward. I'm excited about all the things that he's going to do with me and through me. And I'm in a better place. And I'm thankful. My friend and sister Mimi, I remember when I finally, nobody even knew I was going through this depression or anything. And when I finally just shared a little bit with her, she said to me, Yimi, the one thing I know is that you're not going to feel the hurt and pain forever. You know, people are going through different things. Some people may have it worse, but this is your burden to carry, but it's not going to be forever. Yeah. And I can confidently say that she was right because every day I'm feeling better. There are times I'll go two days and three days later, I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that anymore. <laughs> I haven't even thought about them in two days. Huh? Okay. All right. And um, to just kind of close up, I remember um, reading 1 Peter 5.10 that says that, and the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. And I thank him because he has made me strong. He has made me firm and he has made me steadfast. Wow. What, that is such a beautiful promise. And he was faithful to that. And I guess, you know, just listening to your story, um, I mean, there's so much of it that resonates for me, just thinking back to various relationships in my life. And um, I just was kind of struck by how, like, through the entire process, there were times where you're like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm going to talk to her and like, maybe, maybe you'll mend this now. But it was like his timing that had to be like, you needed every single, you know, step through that process was his perfect timing to bring you to exactly where he wanted you to be. And I think there's so many times where we can get anxious and we have like this desire to, you know, have what we want done or, you know, we, we have this plan in our minds of how it should be. Um, and I just like, it was just such a beautiful story of hearing you talk about how this process of him just kind of leading you down this path of becoming more like him. Um, and just leading you to repentance into that broken place where that's where he can really step in and work. So um, mm -hmm. thank you so much, Amy, for sharing this story, for sharing your heart, for your vulnerability, um, and for your, sharing your pain. I know that 
you know, we may not have gone through the same situation, but I think that pain connects us. We all know what it's like to hurt. And um, just hearing how God has used that hurt um, in your life to draw you closer to him and to make you more like him is just, um, it's beautiful to hear and it's very inspiring. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, Yami, um, I just know that you touched a little bit on the first Peter verse and I love that one, but I wondered, you know, as you were reading God's word, as you were meditating on it, were there other verses during this time that really spoke to you that he used to help heal you and teach you things? Definitely. Um, outside of first Peter, there were two others that I kind of made the blueprint of my life through this process. And I, I have it drilled in my heart. And the first one is Romans 12, 2 that says, do not copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Mm -hmm. So given the situation that I've gone through, I'm not just changed as a person, but the way that I think now is so different. The way that I approach things, the way that I approach situations, the way that I approach people now is different. And I thank God for this situation because it's helped give me that transformation. Um, the other scripture is Romans 5, 3 to 5. And it says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not and this hope will not lead us to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. This is my testimony. This is literally the fulfillment of God's word in my life. And I hold on to these scriptures so dearly because I've seen them come to pass in my life beautiful thank you for sharing that um you know as i mentioned i think your story would in many ways resonate with other women and i'm just wondering what encouragement you might have for someone who's listening that uh, maybe is going through a similar situation that's dealing with a broken relationship what would you say uh, to that person to anyone going through a broken relationship be it friendship or you know relationship with a partner or with family, whatever dynamic it, it's taking for you. I empathize with you because I know it hurts, but I want you to know that it's not going to last forever. Um, there is nothing that we go through that is, that is common to just us. Somebody else has gone through it and you're not alone, but the God of all grace um, will give you peace if you will just surrender to him and also use it as a learning opportunity. Whatever the situation is, just ensure that you're forgiving, you're unoffendable, and you're, you're just leaning and depending on God for the lesson that he's teaching you. And once you take that, dig deep in his word, obey what he has said, listen so that you would hear when he speaks to you. And I know that eventually, 
the Lord will heal that hurt. He's done a fantastic job on me and he's not done doing miracles. So I know that he'll do the same for you. And I thank God for your healing. Amen. Thank you again so much. Um, we just want to thank you for your time and um, just to remind everybody that we'll have um, some of the resources that she mentioned um, in the show notes along with uh, the link if you're interested in her book, The Waiting Game, as well as her verses too. So look for that in the show notes if you want to uh, get there quickly. Thanks again, Yumi, for being with us. So as we prepare to close out this episode, uh, there's a few additional things that Mallory and I would like to share with our audience. And uh, sadly, this is our last episode of Can You Relate? It is painful and hard to say that, um, I think. But for me, it was um, really challenging, juggling, working full time, um, doing this podcast, even though it was such a blessing to me. And I was just so honored that God allowed us to have this opportunity. Um, it, it changed me. It, um, it was just an incredible experience and one that I'm very forever grateful for. Um, and just to be transparent with our audience, um, I think just for me, you know, the, the challenges of working and uh, being a wife and a mom and, um, you know, trying to do this podcast, our friendship started to suffer a little bit. And it almost was kind of like going into a business together. And um, there's just a lot of, of challenges and ups and downs. And, um, you know, we got to a point where our friendship was um, kind of in a fractured state. And um, by the grace of God, he has mended um, that. And I when I was able to talk with Yimi and she shared her heart and wanted to, to talk about friendship and just grieving the loss of a friendship, I just knew that God had orchestrated this last podcast um, just to bring about um, just an awareness of his goodness and his redemptive nature and the fact that he can work all things for his good. And so um I just wanted to share that. I know Mallory wants to share a little bit too. Yeah, I um, I agree with what Amy said. It's doing the podcast, um, you know, praying about it and having a partner to do it with was just one of the biggest blessings of my life to um, have God allow us to do this for him is just indescribable. And I'm very, very thankful for that. I'm very grateful for all the guests we had um, and just their vulnerability and sharing the hard parts in their lives. I know that I've shared with many of them, uh, listeners that have been impacted by them. And I know that even though we'll be physically done um, airing new episodes, that God will continue to use um, the stories that we've shared to work in other people's lives the way that he orchestrates um, and I just want to thank you all, too, for listening. Um, the support that Amy and I had in venturing out, figuring out how to <laughs> create a podcast, how to um, invite people on, how to uh, make it sound like something someone would want to listen to, uh, 
it was interesting and fun and, and hard. And I just really appreciate all the support we had um, in this journey. And I just want to thank God for um, our prayers being answer, answered through the struggles we had and trying to decipher what is next and just the way that he worked it out for us to um, mend our friendship, but also um, just the plans that he has for us to lay this down right now. Like Amy said, it's hard, but we trust in him fully. And this was his uh, from the start. So not ours, but his. And we know that uh, he's already, we've already talked and he's already teaching us new things that we needed to learn, which is uh, good and humbling. But I also know that he'll continue to use us um, in the future in, in whatever way that he deems necessary. So just want to thank you all for listening and just um, encourage you to share this episode um, and any other episode that you find in the future that uh, you feel could touch someone going through a hard time like that. I just encourage you to share it because it's all about God and the miraculous things he does um, and the ways he works bad things that happen in our lives um, for good. And we see that over and over and over in these stories in so many different ways. And I hope that these seasons and these stories have encouraged you in that. They definitely have for us too. So with that, um, take care and that's all for now, I guess. (laughs) Bye everyone. Bye.